Hi and welcome to C-Squared. I'm Christopher. And I'm Karma. And this time we're giving you a review from a screener that you received. Yes. Of an upcoming movie titled Battle in Space, The Armada Attacks. Now, rather than our usual recap, I have a little rant I'm going to launch into right away. <laughs> I have a rant of my own, so we'll see if it overlaps. When you hear a title like Battle in Space, The Armada Attacks, certain expectations are set up in the viewer. You think you're going to be getting a Star Wars ripoff like Star Crash or Battle Beyond the Stars, something with an insane plot, over-the-top dialogue, cardboard characters out of Flash Gordon, lots of spaceship battles, lots of not very good special effects, but lots of them, and something probably that's going to be really cheesy, but fun to watch. Kind of, perhaps a battle in space? Kind of bubblegum <laughs> for the eyes and mind. And this expectation on the part of the viewer is only increased when the opening narration says, In the 2420s, aliens enslaved human villages, assisted by powerful space wizards from an alternate dimension, where humans fostered magic instead of science. These invaders held the vice around the neck of human civilization for years. All hope seemed lost, until a group of resistance fighters fought back. Deep in the village underground, rebels organized a counteroffensive against their alien overlords. While some activists took to the streets, others piloted ships designed to fight back in an organized assault on the aliens. These are some of those ships. All this is said while you see spaceships zapping at each other. The setup is clear. You're going to be getting a fast-paced, action-packed, special effects extravaganza featuring lots of battles in space and probably a lot of fun. And then the movie starts. Then the movie starts. <laughs> then reality sets in. Your scene cuts to a slum on Earth. And it's not even a futuristic-looking slum, like in Blade Runner. It's a real slum, like you could find in Los Angeles on Skid Row. In <laughs> fact, it was probably filmed in Los Angeles on Skid Row. And you follow some scuzzy ex-cop-turned-private eye who even wears a trench coat. And some guy begs him to find his kid, and after this guy snarks at him, he does a little investigation and finds this little boy in a warehouse... And you're thinking, well, okay, this isn't what I expected, but okay, it's a low-budget movie, and probably this is, like, set up, and you can't have nothing but special effects, you know? And this kid's probably going to be important later on in the movie, you know? So, okay, this is your setup. And so you follow uh, this P.I. as he meets with some other scuzzballs, and he tracks the kid down to the warehouse, and then some creepy-looking alien arrives, and the P.I., uh, the, the kid gets away, but the P.I. blows up the alien with a hand grenade and blows up himself. Then the scene cuts to some totally different-looking guy on a forest planet, and this person has tough-guy dialogue like he's Humphrey Bogart, but he looks like Justin Bieber. 
<laughs> with a beard. With a beard. A bearded Justin Bieber. <laughs> he hooks up with some other dude who has some, like, Jedi-type powers and even kind of dresses like a Jedi. Anyway, he's wearing a hoodie. <laughs> um, and they talk about how they need to steal some crystal and return it to the Academy and you're wondering, well, okay, is this guy with the beard like the little kid who grew up? Or maybe the Jedi guy is the kid who grew up and this is all years later? And then it dawns on you. These stories are completely unrelated. Congratulations! You have just been subjected to a gigantic bait-and-switch. This is not the cheesy, fun space epic you were promised. It's a series of totally unrelated vignettes or short stories with the barely common thread of alien invasion, and each of them is dark, depressing, downbeat, and all of them end with the lead character being betrayed or killed. Yep, pretty much. Hooray! Battle in space. Yeah, there's the battles in space that take place in this film are pretty much off-screen and happened either before or after the vignette you watch. Yeah, I was going to say, the the only real battle in space is the, the one vignette where it's all set in the cockpit of the spaceship. And the whole thing, you don't actually see the space battle. No. And they talk about how there's a space battle going on. Yeah, and then the last vignette takes place in space, but she's trying to escape from aliens, so it's not really a battle. Okay. So... Anyway. Your turn to rant. My turn to rant. So, first of all, the title. <laughs> Battle in Space, the Armada Attacks. When you hear that title, you expect a battle in space, and you expect an armada attacking something. <laughs> there is no battle in space in this film, and there is no armada. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the preamble says that the entire film takes place in 2420. The third story clearly takes place in the near future, not in 2420. It takes place just basically in orbit of Mars, and they have right. tech that's yeah. not much different than what we have today. Yeah, that's right, yeah. The advertising and the preamble talks about space wizards. You never really see a space wizard, although I suppose the alien that, that tries to take Once. the kid once well the hologram that they see in a commercial yeah he might be a space wizard but he also says our benefactors so he may not be a space wizard. so you think the actual alien that's trying to abduct the kid is the space wizard? i think so it's oh. hard to tell okay I... and uh all right in imdb and in all the marketing material they promise that a a group of rebels organize against their alien overlords by piloting fully loaded spaceships Point one, no group of rebels. Number no. two, none of them organize. No. Number three, maybe individuals fight against their alien overlords, but... Okay, I, that, I guess the private eye kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. And then by piloting fully loaded spaceships, I didn't see a fully loaded spaceship in the entire film, except for maybe belonging to the aliens. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... my biggest problem with this film is the marketing. It reminds me of when The Abyss came out. When I saw the advertisements for The Abyss, I thought, oh, I don't want to see this film. It's a horror film. Right. But my roommate convinced me to go see it. It's not a horror film. 
Not at all. Not even close. Hmm. You maybe get tense at a moment. That's it. It's a science fiction film, pure and simple. It's about meeting aliens. Yeah, it's about meeting aliens. And they're friendly aliens. So it's like... Yeah, yeah. It bothers... The thing is, when the marketing sets up expectations, you're going to make the film fail when it doesn't meet those expectations. Absolutely. If, however, they had marketed this film as... This is an anthology of science fiction vignettes. Yeah. It's very much in feel like Metal Herlant, which okay. was a French... That's heavy metal. Which is, heavy metal. It yeah. means heavy metal, but Metal Herlant, the series... Oh, I always thought you meant the movie from the 80s. No, no, there's, there's actually a series. It's a really good series. Okay. It was very short live, one season. It was made in France with mm-hmm. American and British actors, and it... The only, they would usually have one or two vignettes within each episode, and okay. the only thing that com- that linked all these stories together is that a comet would fly by mm. one of the characters, right. and then it would go into the story. So even at the beginning of this film, they say this is the frame, but the frame doesn't fit the no. vignettes. Yeah. It fits kind of the first vignette. Second vignette is... Okay. Was the uh, one about stealing the crystal. Completely different aliens. No overlords. If they were even aliens. They were like dudes wearing helmets. Yeah. And it, and actually, it was probably one actor who wore black jeans and a black turtleneck and a black fabric over his head and a, a, like a motorcycle, motorcycle helmet. helmet and yeah. had a voice like this. Yeah. And yeah. that was about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, And so there were no overlords. Story number three takes place outside of Mars in the near well, future. Well, do, do we... I'm just I'm just saying how the framework doesn't fit. Okay. And then the third one, it's hard to tell what was reality and what was yeah. memory in that one. We'll go into that later. So, honestly, I think if the marketing had been different, I would have a much more positive yeah. feeling about this film. Because yeah. when you take each piece by itself, they aren't that bad. Yeah, I was going to say. Now... The individual vignettes aren't terrible. No. I, I mean, and the other thing is, the really's movie. The movie is really doing itself and its viewers a huge disservice, just as you say, by misleading them about yeah. what they're going to get. Um, yeah, I think there is a market for Absolutely. this kind of dark science fiction yeah especially these days because the stories are all to varying degrees very dark they 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 end most of them in kind of a depressing way somebody dies somebody dies in every single one (laughs) but as i say i think there's a market for that absolutely if you tell people that's what they're getting yeah i think that you you'd get viewership for this but if you convince them that you're gonna get a thing with spaceship and rebels and space battles and, space and evil alien and space wizards and I mean, alien overlords. If you say space wizard, there better be some magic in the film. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> totally misleading. Um, instead of battle in space, the Armada attacks. I thought if they had named this something like Tales of the Conquered Earth. Oh yeah. I, then you'd go into it thinking, okay, well, it's going to be different stories uh-huh. with the common theme that. Earth has been taken over by aliens, and right. yeah, maybe people are fighting has, back, or they have to resist, or whatever. It has more know? in common with Twilight Zone, the movie, mm-hmm. and Tales of the Crypt, the movie. Or the TV show, The Outer Limits. 
But uh, I'm the second, the second one. But yeah. I'm talking about the movies where it's a bunch of vignettes, yes, strung together, or or even the uh, 1980 heavy metal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah. could have easily just had like a host. Oh, kind of like the story um, Monster Club that I reviewed. You by could text. have done that. I mean, just had you could have had a host who sets up each one, or you could have just had the opening narration. You know, after the aliens conquered. But see, then you're still setting up that the aliens are the same in every vignette. Uh, and true. the third story does not have any aliens whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, just narration about these are... These are the, the tales, the tales of, the of the far future. The tales or... of the far future, the tales of the conquered Earth. The marketing for this, the title and the marketing, is way off. And I mean, if you look at the trailer... Is also uh, it makes it look like it's going to be kind of a gritty uh, rebels fighting back against the aliens and lots of battles and yeah, space and stuff and yeah, it's no. it's totally misleading. It's much more dra drama driven in a yeah. way. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, do we want to talk about the different individual yeah, storylines? Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, I pretty much covered the first one already. Um, but I haven't covered my thoughts on the first one. No, go ahead. So, the, the first one I thought was... Actually, all four of them, I think, are well-written in a way. Um, what, there, were, there were five. There were five. Which one am I missing, then? Oh, we'll, we'll okay. Anyway, so the first one, it, it takes place either on Earth or another planet... And yeah, I guess it could be another planet. <laughs> and the aliens are basically stealing our children. And the people, they call the aliens the boogies. And so it follows the... The, the, uh, the private eye. The private eye, who's kind of like a Decker from a Blade really, Runner. Like, a really, really super sub-Decker. Sub subpar. Yeah, uh, subpar. Yeah. It's, it's not... We're comparing it to Blade Runner, but it's really not much like that. No, it's it's, it's, it's well, much more the, well lit. <laughs> the, 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 the basic frame up is just that you got a private eye who's like opposing the aliens and, and trying and to the, find somebody. And the basis of it, it, it's sort of like his story arc from "I'm not going to help this guy" to actually sacrificing his life at the end yeah. to help free the kid. And so I thought that it was a well told tale, and of someone who you didn't expect to be a hero or turning into a hero. Yeah. The acting was fair to Midland. Yeah. I thought the supporting characters probably acted better, but that might have been because they had less screen time. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all in all, I, I, I enjoyed that, and I was waiting for it to continue. The second one was with the two guys uh, in the forest, and, again, it 
it kind of reminds you of Jedi, Return of the Jedi, just because just it's set in a forest, and there's one guy who's kind of like a Jedi, and one guy who's kind of like Han Solo, who's like a cynical, tough-talking guy, and they have to get into the secret bunker and, and get something, but other than the that, it's yeah. not, not really any similarity. And it, this one is like, there's a lot of dialogue in it referring to stuff that if you knew this was going to be a standalone episode, you'd be like, oh, okay, well, that's that's what makes sense for this episode. But at this point, at least I was still thinking this is somehow connected to the first vignette. Yeah. And so you're like, what Academy? What Crystal? What? Who? Oh, I'm like, oh, maybe the Crystal has to do with the Space Wizards. We're yeah. going to see Space Wizards now. Yeah. No Space Wizards. And then it also ends cynically where the, the two guys work together to infiltrate this base and they seem like they're buddies and stuff. Yeah. And then the one stabs the other one in the back and uh, yeah. says we need to stop we need to stop it like after they, they they get the crystal they get away from the planet and he says I we need to stop off at you know the base to get supplies so they land and the the Jedi looking guy tells Adrian tells a, a, yeah the Jedi looking guy they have names yes his I name just, is Adrian the only his name Jamie. is Adrian and he tells he tells Jamie you go get the supplies and here I want you to keep the crystal because I trust you. So Jamie goes to get the supplies and he goes in and there's like, there's no supplies and there's no guns and there's no nothing. And he's like, well, what's going on? And then he opens the box that Adrian gave him and it's empty. And he looks out the window and Adrian's gone and here come the aliens to like yeah. kill him. And, and my okay. main point on that vignette is really the main character is Jamie. The, yes. the one who kind of looks like Justin Bieber with a beard. Yeah. And... If you're going to be the main character, you kind of need to be able to act. <laughs> and the, the impression I got, speaking of Star Wars, is I believe that this guy is kind of in the same place that Hayden Christensen was when he was in the Star Wars prequels. Uh, where he has some acting experience, but he's not He's quite, just, just beginning his career. Yeah. yeah, and he's not quite ready to be the lead because... I kind of got the feeling that he was trying to be himself, and but trying to act at the same time, and not quite getting it. So, uh, it the was, other guy, Adrian, came off as a much better actor, but he had a lot. He had a lot less dialogue and a lot less, less to do. And of oh. course, he was the one whose Jedi powers worked. He was the one who could shoot well. And yeah, and there's moments of like oddball comedy yeah. in this where like Jamie drops his gun and he's he's tied up and hanging from a tree and he tries to use his Jedi powers, I guess, that he has to make the gun fly into his hand and he can't. Yeah, it and then Adrian, <laughs> then Adrian shows up and it does. Yeah, because Adrian knows how to use. Because Adrian and then, is like, just that awesome. And then they <laughs> they sneak into the the base. And, and it's like, like, we've got to be really quiet. And so Jamie kicks over a bunch of buckets. And Oh, and on top of it, you can tell this was low budget because it took place in a warehouse. I mean, they've got this crystal that is really, really valuable. And they set it on a table in a warehouse oh, and walk of, away. Well, 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 <laughs> walk well, away. Lots of warehouses in this movie. Yeah. This, yeah. They're cheap so, to come in. I mean, I thought this one was well written, just badly acted. I did not think it was well written at all. Oh. There's way too much exposition about stuff that you don't know what they're talking about. Well, again, if you if you thought it was not. standalone, it, that would have been fine. I guess. 
All right. Vignette number three was called the Agamemnon. If the other two vignettes had titles, they didn't show them on screen or I didn't But catch it was them. very, very short. I didn't catch yeah, them. one of them I barely caught was something. So the the Agamemnon is yeah, it's it's like it's set in the very near future. Yeah. Like you said, like almost a contemporary if we launched a mission to Mars now. Yeah. So it's two guys and a woman or three guys three and a woman guys there's and a the woman. captain and a woman who's a doctor and then two other guys and then it opens where we've apparently already put uh, like a satellite or a space station in mars orbit and they're coming in their capsule and they link up with it and then i think i missed it somehow one of the guys like goes down to the surface okay so or he's already on the surface okay this is what has so you've got them they arrive at mars yeah. Then suddenly the woman is calling Earth and saying, there's a problem, there's a problem, but it keeps going. Shh. And then suddenly the guy's on Mars and he's walking on Mars. And you, right. think, and you think he's on Mars and at some point... He's walking on Mars. His and he, alarm goes off and he's running out of air, so he takes off his helmet. He collapses. And he can... And then he takes off his helmet, because like he's suffocating, and he takes off his helmet and discovers he can breathe on Mars. Yeah, and that's and then shortly thereafter you discover that he's not on Mars, takes his helmet off, he fantasizes about his girlfriend, and then it cuts to him being in the hospital okay, room. All right. And I apparently, thought... apparently he's insane, and they've sedated him, and he's come out of sedation. They put him back in sedation. He goes back to Mars, where he finds that um, one of his friends killed. Well, it turns out he killed his friend on the space station because he went crazy. And so the two other guys that are left have put him in an airlock. And it turns out the woman has a relationship with him and doesn't want to kill him. And then they blow him up the airlock, and that's the end of the story. Oh! Yeah. So that's the same... Okay. You know what happened? What? As I must have nodded <laughs> off half, halfway through this, because I remember him passing out and then finding he can walk around on Mars, and then I remember them shooting him out of the airlock, and I thought those were two different stories. Nope. Same oh, story. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, this is how exciting this film is, you know. Um, and that was the slowest vignette. The part with him walking around on Mars without his helmet reminded me of the old movie from the 60s, Robinson Crusoe on Mars. Yes. Because it, there is a certain amount of mood to it where it's sort of set up where he's alone, stranded on Mars. He discovers he can breathe on Mars. He's walking around alone and like you think he's going to have to survive. You know, and, and then, one, then you fall asleep and, and at one point wake when he, up later. He sees tracks in the sand. Right, yeah. And he's like, Oh, he says something, oh I can't that can't be right. So I'm thinking, Oh, maybe the alien is there. Okay. The, and he's gonna follow the alien and then that just never So never it's all because okay, it's all yeah. up in his head. All right. Vignette number four is the one that we've made brief reference to before. There's a pilot named John Cockroach. Yeah. Who's like the the pilot of a spaceship and he has a co-pilot, her name is Mo, oh. and they have a a big argument about um Cockroach is like a cyborg. Yes. He's like got, got some kind of implant in his brain. And apparently most people in this And time... most people apparently in the space fleet at least have these implants, but she doesn't. She's, she's an organic. She's, she's all natural, as she says. <laughs> yes, all natural. Um, and so they have most of it is them arguing. Well, it it opens with with John Cockroach remembering his father, yes. telling him, 
Ooh. Like living in a forest or something and telling, teaching him how to shoot a gun and teaching him like how to hunt and stuff and telling him if you get knocked down, you always get a guy to get back up. And yeah. you can do it. You can succeed. You can be strong. Yeah. Know, like that. And um, so he's arguing with uh, Mo and she tells him, look, the aliens have infiltrated all the cyborgs. They've programmed all you guys to follow their orders. In other words, and why brain, the bra- ship? brainwashed you, and this your memory about your father is totally false. Yes, that was put in there by the aliens to make you obey them. And part of a hive mind kind right. of thing. Right. So he's kind of not sure, but he's convinced, kind of convinced of this thing. And well, okay, I, I guess that could be right. So the mystery is, and then is they she get a, telling the truth is she getting or is she lying? The and then they get a message from the space fleet that says, you know, hey, um, how come you're targeting your missiles at us? John, you've got to stop this. And he says, well, but we've been infiltrated. And the, the voice on the radio tells him, no, no, that's not it at all. What the aliens have is they control a biological organism. So our cyborg implants make us immune to the alien brainwashing, but normal humans are brainwashed by it. Yeah. Um, so it comes down to who is John going to believe. Right. And he ends up believing the cyborgs. He kills Mo. He kills Mo. And then it turns out. It turns out, yeah. Then the AI uh, on, the, on the spaceship says, yes, just like my father told me, if somebody knocks you down, you always got to get up again. So it's like they all do have yeah. the same memories. So Now, this is actually, I thought, was the best of the vignettes. Yes, I would agree. I, thought it was I would agree. Yeah, better acted. The the actor, better written and better written. Lots of tension. Lots of tension because you really do get this. Oh yeah, who would you believe? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it's not a new story. I've seen other no. stories. In fact, it really reminded me of an episode of New Outer Limits that um, I've suddenly forgotten Data's actor's name. Brent Spiner, Brent Spiner was in where he. Um, convinces this guy to kill his alien overlord because he's going to free all the slaves and it turns out no he's just basically working for a rival alien overlord and he re and and so he um basically screws the main character but um i liked the tension yes the the main character who played john cockroach he looked familiar but i can't tell you whether he is or not because he's not listed in the imdb listing of this film and I couldn't find any information about him elsewhere however the guy who plays the father in the memory is played by Eric Palladino right who apparently was in ER and Joan of Arcadia neither of which I've seen but I recognized him from Castle the, the second iteration of Cupid because there were two versions out they did the same episodes with new actors I don't know why fringe and a, a wonderful little one season wonder called reaper but um so he's been around for a while this is, this and is eric palladino eric palladino yeah he's also been on uh most recently on uh, ncis los angeles yeah he's so been in a lot of he's stuff. been around yeah yeah so uh, so he added some gravitas to it too i just yeah. thought yeah. it was it was just a very well told story and yeah, that, i really enjoyed that one yeah that, that one was a good story um and then the fifth vignette was called the Cavante, and it was something about a woman fighter pilot, and I fell asleep. Okay. So the last one starts off with a woman. She wakes, 
she jumps into a little spaceship and she's escaping from the aliens and her spaceship's talking to her. And then she starts remembering her life back on Earth as a teenager. And she has a younger brother who likes to play this game like, if I can walk these three lines, we're going to have chips for dinner. So they get home and he asks his mom, what are we having for dinner? She goes, chicken. He goes, ah, just chicken. Oh, and chips. If I can score three times in a row, you'll automatically pass. No way. Oh, yeah. Get out. Two. And... Whoops. I said get out, you idiot! It's just a game. So the last last memory and the whole time she's trying to get through wormholes and her ship's being attacked and the glass is starting to break and i mean she the the main pilot's in this danger and now the memory of the of the daughter she the, of herself on earth apparently in this last part her little brother was playing a video game he said if i if i win this game if i don't win this game before the sun sets the cousins we're going to visit are going to laugh at me all day. And so she bops him. And then he looks out the window. Ah! Now she's in the hospital. She's suffered a brain hemorrhage. Her family's been killed, apparently, in this car accident. And so she basically gets out. Of, she's not supposed to move. She's supposed to stay very calm. Because if, if her heart rate gets above 100. She, this is her as a teenager. This is her as a teenager. She's going to have okay. an aneurysm and die. So the doctor goes away, she gets out of her bed, unlocks the room where all her stuff is, she finds the video game, and so she looks, the sun hasn't set yet, she's going to finish this video game, because if he finishes the video game, the, the little brother said, my sister will be with me forever and protect me forever. So now she wants to finish the video game, I guess, to either protect her brother. Mm. And so it keeps going back and forth between... The woman in the ship, the the glass is cracking. She's almost here. She's bursting this and she's doing that. She's trying to run. And then it goes back to the little girl. She's playing. And now you're starting to get the impression that the woman in space is actually in the game. In the game. Okay. And now she's getting close. Oh, no, no, no. And then the doctor is trying to get in to stop her. And then the blood's starting to go down. And so you kind of get the impression that perhaps, because you never really see a true end here. Okay. Is that perhaps the girl does win the game, has an aneurysm, and gets to live with her little brother in heaven forever. Or maybe it was all hallucination, and that really is a memory of the other person. But basically, you get the impression that both the young girl in the hospital dies, and the woman in space dies. So it, it's, okay. kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of mysterious. Yes, it's kind of like Total Recall where it could really go one way or the other. Okay. That doesn't sound like it was too bad. It wasn't too bad. It was just, but it didn't have really a beginning, middle, and ending. It was just, it was kind of a, okay. it really was like a snippet or a vignette. It wasn't a full story. Okay. So there's so. that. I thought it was well acted and the special effects were nice. Okay. Well, as I say, I slept through that one. So. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, at this point, about the only thing left to mention is that um, we've mentioned uh, Eric Palladino. Um, this movie also features Douglas Tate, who was in the TV series Teen Wolf, Grimm, 
Legacies, a short-lived show, and he's the guy in the uh, monster suit in vignette number one. He's the alien. Oh, who's okay. Trying to steal the kid, and I guess a lot of what he does is like. So that's the person they were advertising about. No. No. And this is the final thing. There's a huge amount of hype in the publicity materials for this screener about how this movie has Doug Jones, who is uh, Saru, the alien-looking dude on Star Trek Discovery. Uh, he's far and away the biggest name associated with this movie. He was Abe Sapien in Hellboy. Yeah. Um, he was Fauno in Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, yes, yes. And in the Oscar-winning film The Shape of Water, he's the, um, the amphibian creature right. that the woman's in love with. So I guess he does a lot of, um, parts in makeup and stuff. Well, the thing is, he's a very, very slender. He's very gaunt. He's very gaunt. Yeah. So you can put a full body costume on him, and he doesn't look bulked out. Right. He looks... Yes. Kind of normal. Yes, and even the uh, the Saru makeup on uh, Discovery, he is kind of a very angular-looking yeah. type of alien. But the funny thing about this is the publicity really hypes the fact that Doug Jones is in this because he's far and away the biggest name attached yeah. to this movie. Um, but nowhere, not in any of the... Not on IMDb and not in any of the publicity materials for this film itself do they ever tell you exactly what part he plays yeah. in the movie. I looked at his picture and I don't remember him from any of the human parts in the movie. He, you thought... He might be the holographic the, There's a brief guy. scene in the first vignette where you see... Um, it's like a TV commercial almost. Yeah. Like a hologram of a guy who's dressed up like a wizard. Yeah talking about our overlords and stuff and, and it's a, a tiny are. little snippet so you thought that might that be might him. be him but because he's skinny who knows for sure i don't maybe um, maybe he's the alien in the first one which which is very bizarre that you hype that you have this name actor and we're not fans of discovery but it's a big name show it's very hot right now and saru is a very prominent character in it why would you make a big fuss about having this actor and then never tell anybody who he plays? Yeah. Unless, as you say, it must be like a tiny little part. And and who knows? Maybe Doug Jones is like, do not. Oh, I don't do want. Not, yeah, I don't want do to not, be. His, do not. Connect it's not me. on his IMDb page. Yeah. So maybe he doesn't want to be connected with this. Yeah. Maybe this was, you know. A couple hours filming for some bucks and 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 honestly if you look at the imdb page for this film it does not list it doesn't everyone. list near close to anyone yeah, everyone it's... and i went through all the cast members that were listed on imdb and the vast majority of them are bit players some of them aren't even actors yeah. uh one guy listed in the credits is like a, a producer yeah um Pal and... paladino and doug jones are the two names right that are in this and they both have i mean paladino is important in his vignette but he's yes. not the star of it no he's not the star of it. Uh, no. it's a small part and doug jones must have a, a really small part yeah so. and also when they name the characters in imdb there's two characters named father eric paladino and some other guy and i'm like well, you recognized him, though. Yeah, so, so I knew that. I know that's him. But yeah. I have no, I, I don't recall there being a father in any of the other episodes. So I don't know who that guy plays. He plays a father somewhere. Yeah, it's, 
yeah. So uh, it's base. It's the marketing on this is the, just a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a takeaway from this, it's that the marketing is absolutely deceptive and terrible. Um, as I said before, I think if you were honest in the fact that look, this is a low budget indie anthology science, antholo- science fiction anthology film, and it's kind of dark. I think there are a lot of young, especially young people, who'd be very interested in it. And who'd, I would have been, who'd seek it, Who'd seek it out and would say, okay, well, going into it, I know what I'm getting. Yeah, this 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 was interesting. And then going into it with that, you, you'd evaluate each vignette on its own merits. Exactly. And you'd be able to say, well, this one I didn't like, but yeah, this one, this one showed signs of talent. And you wouldn't yeah, waste yeah. mental time wondering right. how... How does this hook up with this? And yeah. where are the rebels? And when are the rebels going to show up? And when's the big space battle coming? I mean, eventually you figure out yeah, those vignettes, yeah. but and when you do, you're just crushingly disappointed. Oh, and and the opening dialogue, I was just gonna say, oh, it was so badly written. They kept saying, and fights back, and fights back, and fights back. They, I think they said, and fights back like three times, and they kept showing some of the same visuals over and over again. Yes, that there's there's one visual of a <laughs> spaceship taken off from a planet with a moon behind it. Yeah. And you see that in, I think, every vignette. And then it ends with, and these are their ships. So does the first episode have a ship in it? The alien ship. There's no rebel ship. The second one barely does. Yeah. It's like, and each vignette's named after... The ship. The ship. Yeah. And these are their ships. Not, not, not. These are their stories. Yeah, which would at least be honest. And, and these are their ships would work if each story centered was about a spaceship. Yeah, yeah, centered on the ship. But no, yeah, um, didn't. I don't know how fair we've been to the film in this review, but honestly, they weren't fair to us. Yeah, they weren't fair to us. They're not fair to you as the potential viewer. It's not just that it's a badly chosen title. You look at the trailer and the whole thing is like deliberately deceptive yeah. to try to suck in people who are looking for a fast-paced alien yeah. shoot 'em up. And it's not. It's got thoughtful pieces to it. Yeah. And I don't know. The marketing team I think is really doing this movie a discredit because as we've said if you told people what they were getting, yeah, people would people would be interested. This is how I I kind of look at it. If you're looking for a battle in space, the Armada attacks. This is a bomb. Yes. If you're looking for an intelligent anthology science fiction film, I'd say this is like maybe two planets. Yeah. That's worth watching. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. If you if. If you could get past the bad marketing and the bad title, watch yeah, this first. <laughs> the the actual vignettes are, yeah, they're 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 low budget. Um, you can tell that the people were just starting out, but the stories are are not bad. Yeah, yeah. they're they're pretty good, and and actually, a lot of the acting isn't bad. Yeah, either. yeah, M- you most, know, most of the acting's not bad. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um. So, yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely uh, a much better film if you don't have the misled expectations attached to exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, yeah. in a way, it's kind of like 
the people who pulled the film together found a bunch of really interesting indie vignettes, short films, mm -hmm. and thought, these are really good. We want more people to see them. Most people don't see shorts. So let's no. pull them together into a film and then did a horrible job of doing that. <laughs> when you read the marketing material, it does say something about different stories, but then they go on to say, but with the clear through line of fighting back against aliens. Well, no, not that's really. not true either. Yeah. Um, the Mars yeah. story, there are new aliens. So, yeah, I, 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 I think you're absolutely right. Uh, as as what it is, an anthology film, it's it's fairly solid. Um, as what you're told it is, it's a complete fail. Yeah. Yeah. So. So there you have it. There you have it. The that's C squared it. review. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for this time. Ciao. Anytime, sweetie. Hi, and welcome to C-Squared. Reviews beyond the speed of light. In 2024, after aliens and powerful space wizards have enslaved humanity, a group of resistance fighters organize a counterattack against their alien overlords and launch an armada of spacecraft in a battle for supremacy in space. Yeah, so you actually, get you get to tell us. This about is actually that a one. fourth vignette because you thought one vignette right. was vignette. <laughs> no, no, there's five. No, there's one. There's no, four. No, no, the the private eye on Earth. Yes. Jamie and Adrian. Yes. The Agamemnon, which is the Mars on the, uh, the Mars one. Yes. John Cockroach. Oh, okay. And then this one. Right. That's okay. five. All right. So fifth. All right. So we both got our wires one. crossed. Anyway. I thought there were four. You thought there were four. I thought there were six. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's, was, five, there's actually there's five. five. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and and then Conquered Earth is also because I think some of these. All right, but, planets, it, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yes, yeah, uh, it would it would give it would it would at least tell you that each of the stories is about aliens oppressing people, except that one of them isn't. What's the that? one that takes place around Mars is about oh, yeah, it's about space exploration. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know tales of space. Then I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, anyway <laughs> and yes, I have a cat. Come on in. You want to come in? You want to come? Anyway, I was expecting more of that story, and so I was a little disappointed that that didn't happen. <laughs> well, that's our tales of the cat. <laughs> yeah, tales of the cat.